here. Give me one quick moment. I'm gonna do that again. One quick. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of your Footy Fantasy Podcast show. With me today is Don Rajon, Newcastle fan, suddenly appearing from the dead. I haven't seen this guy in years. I haven't even heard his voice, but, you know. I mean, it, it shows you don't, you, don't, you, don't has, you, don't, you don't listen to the podcast enough then. Nah, you know, I, I hear you commenting, but you know, you know, you know I, I, I don't see your face that often. You know, success has many fathers. Hmm. And then, my goodness, that's Ray J, another Arsenal fan I'm meeting. I mean, I keep meeting Arsenal fans every week now. It's like they're always on this podcast now. Two years ago, we would have struggled to find an Arsenal fan to get on, you know. Dude. That's true. But I was always around. Talk to your boys. Just I saying. know you. I saw you, but you know, <laughs> you know, I haven't met you. This is my first time meeting you as a host, and another old friend here, Dada, a Chelsea fan. Uh, he's taking his L graciously. I thought he would have disappeared on me, but you know, he's, he's always he's always been faithful. And I am Zaza, your host today. This is the Footy Fantasy Podcast Show. We are on YouTube as at footy fantasy same thing as on facebook however on twitter we are at footy ad fantasy you know f-o-o-t-i-e alpha delta fantasy uh, that's the only place is different so please follow us and do comment we want to hear your feedback we're taking live comments anyone that's putting up comments today we will be taking them First of all, we will dive in straight into the main game of this weekend. That game got some of us early this morning. Got us up around 6 a.m. over here in the U.S. And some people actually at as early as 5 a.m. Chelsea, Arsenal. I'm sure a lot of people regretted waking up to take that L. But um, I'm going to start with the host team, Chelsea. That is so... Give me your take of this on this game. What do you think? Um, honestly, there isn't much. There isn't much to talk about in this game, right? So I'll kind of break it off into how the season is going for both teams, right? As we all know, you know, Arsenal is flying. They're they're doing very well. Uh, that might come to some people's surprise, but those who follow me in this in the forum, you guys follow me in the forum, I've been predicting that Arsenal was going to have a really good season. Now, a lot of folks didn't take me serious because I'm also known to notoriously troll Arsenal. Like, if there's someone that you give, if, if you can give out Oscars or award for trolling Arsenal, I'll probably have a chest full of trophies because that's what I'm known for. But okay. beginning of the season, I showed up and said, look, Arsenal is going to do very well. And that started from two things. One, the signings that they made. But also, too, when I watched the preseason game, uh, Arsenal versus Chelsea, where they beat us 4-0, 
at that game, I told a lot of Chelsea fans that this Arsenal team was going to do very well. And it's very simple. Is it might look it might look to a lot of people that man, you know, Arsenal team are doing well uh, all, of a, uh, all of a sudden, but Arteta has been gradually building this team, you know, slowly putting in the pieces uh, in place. And I think that also helped Arsenal is they they have really good momentum, right? They're in really good form. Saka, Odegaard, uh, Gabriel Jesus, even though he's not scoring, he's contributing very well. Partey, that gets typically injured, is having a game of his life. Uh, their centre-back, um, what's his name? The the new guy you guys got. Saliba. Saliba is having a fantastic game. Uh, Tommy Absol is having a good game. So you have all these players who... Last season, you could see the glimpse of good performance, but with Shoshenko, Jesus coming in, Partey being fully fit, uh, Odegaard doing very well, Saka has matured. You see this complete team, and you really get a picture of what they're doing. So as a team, they're gelling very well. They're playing fantastically well. So it's no surprise to me to see the Arsenal performance. Now, Chelsea, on the other end, um, so, the, so kind of like, you know, if you look at where we are as a team, Chelsea on the other end is really struggling. Uh, you know, we have a new new manager. We're going through this rebuilding phase. So beginning of the season, I predicted from day one that Arsenal was actually going to finish above Chelsea. A lot of people thought I was joking, and I still maintain that. So that's that. And also, too, if you look at current form, Arsenal is just in better form. We haven't won a league game in, in four games, right? We lost to Brighton 4-1. We drew to United, and I think we narrowly beat Austin Villa. So we've kind of really struggled in the league. Uh, some of the games that we've won, we've actually won by luck. Uh, some folks said that when I went back and checked, if you look at Chelsea's SG to the goal score, and a lot of our league games were actually by luck. So I didn't think we were going to win that game. So that's one. Then historically, Arsenal, no matter how bad they play, even couple seasons ago when we're in better form, Arsenal just always find a way of winning at the bridge. I don't know why. Even last season, right, they still they won at the bridge. Even though you can make the argument that I think they were coming off of losing six games, and the first game they won was at the bridge. So Arsenal's performance winning at the bridge doesn't really – it's not indicative of how the season will end for Arsenal or Chelsea. Because in the seasons where we won the league, we won Champions League, Arsenal beats us at the bridge. It doesn't really mean anything. But what's different about this game, what's different about this game, this is the first time that I've watched a Chelsea-Arsenal game that actually Arsenal outplayed us in every department. And that, that, that rarely happens in every department. If you look at the midfield, just kind of go back to the midfield, right? Arsenal dominated the midfield from the start of the game to the end. Now, 45 minute ended, Chelsea had a shot on goal, Arsenal at, at zero. But I didn't really tell you about the domination that Arsenal had, right? So that kind of goes there. And then if you look towards the last few minutes of the game, like Chelsea could not even string passes together. It was almost like Kovacic uh, when he came in or, or Jorginho. There was just no connection within the midfield, right? So that just shows you the golfing class between those two teams. And it is what it is. Uh, so, I mean, there, there isn't much, there's not a lot to say about that game. It's just you're playing a side that's better than you, and that's what the result is going to be. What really what was really disappointing to me, though, is typically, and I made the joke on the forum, is 
with Derby games, you know, form goes out the window. But that was uh, one of those Derby games that the form did not go out the window. The form was pretty much in the door, like front and center. You could see that, man, this is an Arsenal team on form. This Chelsea team is just not on form. And another thing that also revealed about the Chelsea side is we're very imbalanced squad, right? Like, it's just we – our midfield is non-existent. Sterling – I don't even know where to begin with Sterling, right? The Sterling that we got from City and the Sterling that's playing at Chelsea is just completely two different players. Uh, Young, I heard, had like six touches the entire game before he got wow. taken out. So, I mean, it was just a poor performance, man. Like, even though it was 1-0, that game could have easily been 3-0. So, that being said, uh, just I'll summarize it, and I know Ray's got a lot to say. I feel like on current trend, Arsenal should contend for the title. But I think but what's going to hurt Arsenal is the World Cup. And the reason why I think the World Cup will hurt Arsenal is they're a team right now that have a lot of momentum. When you're, when you're a team like Arsenal and you have a lot of momentum and there's a break, that could probably impact the rhythm. And I can see a lot of players coming back from that World Cup uh, maybe with a different form or maybe with not injuries per se, but just with more fatigue. And okay. the next five games post-World Cup will determine how the Arsenal season uh, will end. But as things are going, I see them challenging City for the for the title. I think I think everybody's going to suffer from that same issue. I think the next five That's games true. after but, post-World but Cup. Like, will... Sorry to call him Butchie, yeah. but I feel like the reason why Arsenal might suffer a lot more is when you're a team in, in form, when you're a team in form, Breaking momentum tends to hurt you more than when you're a crappy team. I feel like when you're a crappy team and you take a break and come back, I mean, you're already rock bottom. How low can you go? You look at Chelsea, for example, right? We don't have any rhythm. It's unlikely for us to go and come back and suck more. I'm not saying we can't suck more, but I mean, we still have decent quality. But that okay. break can okay. actually offer problems. When you have a team I, like I, Austin, I agree with right? you there. I agree yeah, with you. Like Arsenal, and I think with Arsenal is Arsenal, they don't have the depth of City where they can just kind of rotate. So I, I, I do think what's the, the break in momentum is actually going to impact Arsenal a lot more than, than other teams like Liverpool. And also keep in mind, too, Arsenal is not suffering from a lot of injuries like Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, and maybe United. So that's also something that, that may affect them, too. As they come back, uh, what's going to happen to? I mean, and, and Arsenal too relies on 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 three to four key players to to get the gears going. So we'll see okay. what happens to them after. Okay, yeah. you were so you were supposed to focus more on your team. Let us no. not worry about. Hold on, hold on. But, that's, yeah, but, that's okay. Well, that's yeah, enough for now. No, no, hold no, on. No, no. Keep, so, save your so, thoughts. Save your thoughts. Save your thoughts. Save your thoughts. You will you will get back to you. We will get back to you because that's true. You have a good point there. You know, Arsenal coming back from. You know, a team like Chelsea post walk up might get a few more players back from injury and all of that. That's fair. But I'm going to shift to Ray right now. We'll come back to you. Ray, do you agree with everything he's saying? Because he's, he's literally analyzed the whole game and he's giving you guys a lot of praise. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of points that, uh, that I made there that I, that I agree with, you know, in terms of, you know, Arsenal and our performance, which we've seen so far. There's a few things I would disagree with, though. Um, one would be, like, I'm trying not to repeat the, the points you made, so I'm just kind of trying to highlight some things that I don't necessarily agree with. I said I think the World Cup, uh, it's going to be a net neutral for Arsenal. So on one end, 
we are kind of looking forward to it because, you know, for Arsenal, we have this where everyone did, but Arsenal, with we have a, a smaller squad compared to the top four, five teams. Well, minus Newcastle, I'll get to you guys later. Uh, but, you know, the traditional top four. So this October schedule, most Arsenal fans, even though we started well, we were very concerned about, man, the game week in, week out. And that, that was really the, the big one that we were all worried about. And for the most part, we went through that unscathed, except, uh, you know, we had a little bit of a dip there where the last four, I'm not sure, the last four games, our performance, before uh, Nottingham Forest, last four games, our performance kind of waddled. You can tell the players were kind of like that, that lack of squad depth was impacting. But we still managed to sort of scrape one, 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 two. And now we've got to this point um, that you know, we basically have one more league game before the World Cup. Um, so on one end, yes, you know, the momentum thing might impact Arsenal. But on the flip side, um, I would think it's a bit of a break as well because not all of our players are going to be going to walk up. Yes, obviously, key players, Saliba now with Varane injured. I'm pretty sure Saliba will make the French team now. Um, and Partey, obviously, for Ghana. But no offense to Ghana, they're probably going to get knocked out early. I'm just being – and I'm not trying to banter. I'm just trying to be realistic here. Um, okay. So they'll probably get knocked out and walk up early. So, again, think of that. And then – Gabriel Jesus, okay, that's probably the, the one I'm a little concerned because, you know, if, if he goes down or anything. But generally, I think it will be a net neutral for those two reasons. So, yeah, your point about like, the momentum, but the flip side is we get a bit of a break because we've just been playing this almost the same players week in, week out. Yes, the quality of competition in Europe is not the same, but you're still playing 90 minutes or whatever, right? So that point there. Um, but generally, I'll say um, in terms of Arsenal, what we've been doing at the game today, uh, was an interesting one because, um, like you said, you've made a lot of good points. We we tend to we, we don't you don't need much to to um, to motivate Arteta's Arsenal to play at the Bridge. We've we've seen that over the years. I think the Bridge is the game that Smith Rowe announced himself to one and a half seasons ago. So, what I'm disappointed though a little bit today is the fact that we didn't put our chances away. And what I mean by that's like to obviously you get the W, you walk away. That's a good result, but I think one of the, my concerns with Arsenal is like putting chances away, um, you know, when it counts. Because you've seen all the games where, again, we won one nothing, but we waste lots of chances. And at the end, we're just trying to get the ball out. It wasn't the case today because, like you said, we dominated most of the game, which is not surprising considering you guys are sort of still in your process. And you do have a lot of players, but they don't quite fit. And, you know, and, and then, you know, you're just in the beginning of your process you'll be fine. He'll get sign-ins by next season and things like that, right? Um, so I think that was one thing that's my concern. And then, yeah, the squad depth for me personally, I think that's still the, the big concern. So January, I'm thinking we need to get, you know, I don't know if we're going to talk about that topic later, but I'm just going to jump into it right now is what Arsenal needs to do to maintain this push is get another midfielder for sure. Like, And yeah, we know El Nani's come back, but it's not, we, we, we drop off significantly when Partey doesn't play. Like, the, the drop off is is it is it's night and day. We can't even build from the midfield once Partey's out. Um, so I would say midfielder and a, a forward that can play across. Because again, you know they're not trying to spend too much money. So a forward that can play across. If we get those two players, then at least we can we can be competitive. Obviously, Manchester City is like we're playing against an AI team. So Manchester City is is the team. You know that obviously, but the best we can do is just compete and, you know, push, push them for the, for the title. And to me, that's, that's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot faster than I thought. I knew I, I was hoping I was looking at a champions league kind of get to the champions league this year, but 
we're doing much better than I than most people anticipated. Um, so anyway, that's a little bit. I don't want to over. There's a weird, there's a weird feeling I get. You know, there's a weird feeling I get mm. where it goes. You know, I was watching a video last night. Um, what was it this morning? Halftime between the game, they were showing Leicester. I think they were talking to Chris Morgan and talking about. It's a weird thing you get where you're looking at. Everything seems to be breaking for Arsenal. And, you know, is it to keep breaking for Arsenal or they, you know, you know, you run out of luck? Because you're looking at Man City looking more likely to drop points than Arsenal. They've looked like that for the past few weeks. I mean, they've dropped more points than Arsenal. And they've looked like, they keep looking like they're going to drop more. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they could have ended up dropping more points yesterday. So it looks like things are just breaking at Arsenal's way. That's why sometimes when I hear Arsenal fans complain about ah uh, refs and refs, I go, dude, you guys have been so lucky with refs. You know, refs have been kind of very good with Arsenal. So I'm I'm mentioning that, and because I, I wanted to ask you a direct question: Do you think? Are you confident that Arsenal can win the league? Just a direct question. To me? Yes, you. Yeah. Um. I need to caveat that answer. If we yes, stick please. with the okay, if we stick with the squad as it is and no new players in January, we're probably not going to win the league. Just we're going to run out of steam. There's crazy games coming in. One player goes down. If we do get the two player two sign-ins quality that I mentioned, I am confident that Arsenal could push City for the title. I'm not going to say we're going to win the league because you know we, at the end of the day, you know I get what you're saying, but at the end of the day, I think Man City is just to they're just their the, the squad they have they have all these players i think the difference one arsenal we have um the the you know the momentum the fans uh the squad everything's lining up and they're pushing so they have a motivation i think man city again i would suppose that it's a it might be a bit harder for them to motivate themselves to to push because they've won four out of five that being said they're professionals so obviously you know all you need to do is you know, to do your job as a world-class professional, right? But what I mean is, like, with Arsenal, it doesn't, you don't need much more. You have all the energy, the passion, fans, everyone's like, yeah, just go. Whereas City is like, you know, like, okay, we're playing like crap today. Okay, okay, De Bruyne, get us a free kick. Let's get to the next day. So I think that there's more of that. Um, so that I know it's not much of an answer in that sense, but I think we can push them for the title. That's what I say. Just, again, it's at the end of the day, it's game by game. Because, um, you know, you, you can get intimidated by a 30-man's, you know, world-class squad or whatever Man City has, but at the end of the day, you have to beat whoever's in front of you. So today, three points or, or not, and then you just move on to, to the next game. And I think that's – I'm assuming that's how Arteta is, is, is watching his guys. Uh, and I t- today, I would just add to that. I think today I, I was less surprised about us, like, getting a, a result against Chelsea. It was more the fact, like, hey, City has won their game, but what's your, what's your move? And what's I think your reply? How do you really respond to this? I was very impressed with that part of it. If I had gone to Chelsea and got one more, I would be like, I would have been unfortunate, but but because you responded, so anyway, that's kind of that's my response. Here. So I'm going to yeah. interject in this. Um, yes, please. Yes, please. And it's it's fascinating to listen to your filibustering because you didn't answer the question. It was a direct question. Do you think Arsenal is going to win the league? And you filibuster for he, almost. He, five he did minutes. all the. He did all the caveats. And Man, I, that's that's how I feel though. I can't tell an answer that's not. But, right. but, but, but but you know why though? Because Arsenal fans, why they're happy. But they've never found themselves in this situation. 
So they're scared to be happy. Okay, okay. Hold well, on. They're, 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 they're scared, they're scared they're to be happy. But the thing yeah, about we'll it also is mm-hmm. if things turn around the next year or later this year, you guys are going to come out and start talking about Atleta getting sacked. I, I don't understand Arsenal fans. Um, no, you guys no, are talking no, about no. you guys are no. talking about death. Let, I don't let, understand. Let, let the past be in the past. <laughs> That's fine. We'll talk about whatever. You guys have a significant amount of death. So please go ahead. No, I'm going to. I'll say what I have to say. I think that you guys have some depth, and I think I don't understand the argument that you don't have any depth. I can look at your midfielder list all the way. You have eight midfielders, and I think any of them would generally fit the scope of this high pressure game that you're talking about. Granit Xhaka and Pate have definitely been great this season, better than they were in any season because, you know, Xhaka is doing more forward, is moving forward a lot more. There's a there's a lot of pivoting between him and Pate throughout the season, creating more chances than the pressure is high. So it's, it's very interesting to watch them, especially when you watch them against Tottenham, which was probably their best game this season. Um, and, you know, the way they created the chances, the way they forced Tottenham back and everything. But everybody's beating Tottenham these days. So maybe it's not as good as I thought it was. Um, I, I don't, I, I think that even if you bought a midfielder this season uh, that you're talking about, who is he going to replace? Is he going to replace this Shaka? Is he going to replace Pate? Or are you saying that because Pate is injured, you bring in this new uh, midfielder, all of a sudden he's gonna fit perfectly. I, I think. I think. Can I interject about, that, or are we just gonna? I think he's talking well? about getting. Uh, because if you look at the quality on the bench, though, it's exactly. You're looking at El Neni. You're looking at uh, Vera. Who, who's a new Lakonga? So maybe improving on Lakonga <laughs> and Vera would not be too bad. However, you know, he's improved on Saliba. He's improved on um, Gabriel, the defenders. Why can't he improve on all the midfielders? Well, I mean, so can I interject? Those guys, are, pure talents, no, okay. those guys yeah. are pure talents. I think they would just get it, needed time to get to their uh, peak, Yeah, so, their so Saliba went along for three years. So, I mean, no offense to Arteta. You know, I like Arteta, but most of that was gained outside and being you know, the league, league, league season, uh, player of the season for two seasons in a row. Uh, when you said the list of Arsenal players, if you actually, I'm not sure if you watch Arsenal games or not, you watch the Europa League, we struggled to build the ball. Um, part of the reason we struggled last season when we felt, you know, we were supposed to make Champions League, everyone bantered Arsenal fans. Partey was out. Um, Lokonga, he's a good young talent, but he's not the same level of player. He's actually more of an eight, but we're playing him in that six role, but his defensive awareness is not the same. So we lose that. And then with Arsenal, as much as Saka and Jesus and Martinelli get all the praise, until you build from there, nothing happens, and then they struggle. Oh, that's why our Europa League games, we've won them, sure, but the quality of the games has dropped off significantly, and that's the key part about it. And, and then Nelny was injured for two months. He just came back two days ago. So, okay, yeah, maybe El Nenny, but he's more defensive. Sure, we can go with another. So that's why I'm saying it's not an excuse. Those are just the key players. Saliba, Partey, Jesus. That's how it works. And Partey is the key player because he's able to break that transition while still getting that forward pass, as opposed to most mid- midfielders that we have who play the safe pass, allowing the other teams to get compact and, and stop us to play. And because, that, like someone said earlier, Arsenal, we don't have a lot of superstar talent. The team has to gel properly. So if you, if you start so to play... So what you're trying to say is... I want to I make this quick. What you're trying to say simply is that... Because that's how I'm looking at it, is 
you're talking about having better manager rotation, maybe. Manager. It, yeah, a player rotation, the manager rotation, better player management, excuse me, versus because I'm looking at it and going, there are a lot of teams, if you take a Man City, who do not like Liverpool are literally struggling with injuries. Manchester United, yeah, but you can't compare. But you can't compare. No, 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 no. Let me learn. Let me, let me learn. I know you can't compare, but that's not doesn't have the quality. But the sum of the sum of the parts is greater than the singular parts. When you put, you know, like the product is like. Look at the way Arsenal is playing. You cannot tell me that there's been any player that's come off the bench that hasn't really done well. This got yeah, but can they do what consistently though. That's the mm-hmm. point. So like. So here's what's going on. It's interesting okay. how like Chelsea, Chelsea and Arsenal are like almost polarized players, right? So we have the depth, but what we don't have is that collection of that first eleven team, that quality That's team, right. where they can give you a good performance game in, game out. So the thing about Chelsea is, for example, if Pulisic goes out and we bring in CH, the drop in quality is not dramatic because they're both shit. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like the performance is, <laughs> is okay for those two players. Now, while if Arsenal on the other end, if Zaka or 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 Pate goes out and you place him, those two players, they're just not gonna give you that same quality as as the two sub players that are coming in. While Liverpool on the other end, though, Liverpool on the other end, Klopp has built this team into he has a system, right? He has an engine that works for him. And even them, they're starting to struggle in the part that, like, their replacement is just not as good as the the first 11. Very few teams can do that. You just, you can't have, you know, a replacement for, for a like-for-like replacement without dropping quality. What you try to avoid is, if your first 11 is giving you a product of, like, 95%, you want the bench to be able to give you somewhere between 75 to 80 consistently, Right. I think Arsenal is in a spot where the bench is going to maybe give them a 60 or maybe you know, if you really push them, they might give you a 70, which is good enough for you to win some games. It might be good enough for you to scrape Europa. But when you start playing week in, week out, right, it's just not going to hold. And I think that's where the issue is. And the, the only team right now in the league that has that luxury is Man City. City. That's right. Yes. But it took City a long time to get there, though. It took them, I mean, it took Pep a long time to be able to so, build that. That's why I asked that question. You see, that's why um, um, Raji called it Philip Bostrin. Then Raji is technically saying, I didn't ask you it, it, to tell me why, what the problems with Arsenal are. I said, do you think Arsenal can win the league? So but, but the caveat is... If you ask a Chelsea fan, if you ask me, if, if, mm-hmm. if Chelsea is first November, mm-hmm. and you ask me, can we win the league? I'll say, hell yeah, we can. That's because exactly. Because we have an issue of winning titles and we've kind yeah. of done it. No diss to Arsenal fans, but if you've not won the league in over a decade, right? So they're having nightmares. Yeah, I mean, it's just natural, right? It's not something you've done before. I mean, ask, ask, ask Raji right now. Can Newcastle finish top four? Yes. No, we're getting there. Oh, come okay. on. No, no, no. Oh, my <laughs> bad. Come on. Come on. Relax. Don't, 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 do you want, you want me to give you my job? Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going okay. to say this about the Chelsea team. The midfield was was disappointing today, and I uh, think no. that disappointing is a compliment. They they lost the game in the midfield. They let um, Granit Xhaka and um, Pate control them. Um, Loftus Cheek never got a chance to stamp himself in. 
Um, you know, and there was no connection between the midfield. I mean, Jorginho tried, what? but there was no connection between the midfield and Aubameyang. Um, I think that by the time Aubameyang got substituted, he only had eight touches throughout the whole game. So why That's... is Lotus cheek benching Kovacic? It's a question I'd like to ask. So Kovacic has a... Um... It, it, it has a slight injury that he's been that we've been managing, so that's okay. one of the reasons. And two, there are some things that Potter did in this game that didn't make sense to me. Uh, I didn't know why he didn't play uh, Zakaria. They did very well the Europa game, and why he didn't bench Stanley, uh, Sterling much earlier, and why he was playing Harvard. So there's some things about Potter that were very strong <laughs> in this game uh, that I just didn't that I didn't understand. But okay, that's so why I didn't get paid. I'm gonna give you a thirty minute. Yeah. A 30-second question, because I've, I've, I've asked almost every Chelsea fan I know this. It's, do, you, do you think you guys have bias, should have bias remorse over Potter? 30 seconds. Don't, don't spend no, the answer is no. The Are answer you happy is no. with him? Okay. I'm, I'm, so I'm happy with him in the context of what we're trying to do now. Yes. Okay. We'll see what you guys are trying to do in a few years, because none of us is sure anymore. I think that it's going to take some time for Potter to stamp his stuff. You can't, none of the players there are Potter players right now. Yeah. You need to give him some time. I think he's going to be. Don't write, John. They spent like how many million in the past? How many years? That's Chelsea's DNA. Okay. Um, and they win stuff with that. So it, okay. it doesn't oh, necessarily wow. matter. This is, a new, this is a new owner, a new manager. A new, and it's, uh, not, it's not a DNA anymore. It's a new owner. Everything is new. I mean, it takes a while for the whole thing to subside now. It takes a while. It takes a yeah. while. I mean, we'll like, see. We'll yeah. see. Because I, I don't want to judge the new owners yet, but I, I, I just want to point out that Chelsea's winning culture was under Abramovich. That's a singular winning it's a culture. It's a culture, bro. It's a culture. No, no, no. A, a culture so, like, that was set Nigeria by that gets owner. A new, Nigeria gets a new president. Do you about stop doing no one there? No, exactly. but that's, that's this is the culture, bro. Yeah, but but Nigerian Nigerian football culture can change. It's a culture, yeah. bro. You see, it. it's a the culture. new president can allow it. He can say no more no more street parties. You know, really? Yeah, he can. Who knows? Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on. Are you in quickly. Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's all you're you're Canadian. All right. I'm gonna move on quickly. Um to Don Rajoy. I know he's been smacking on his lips, just waiting, biting his tongue there. So excited to be here. Ooh. Now let's talk about Newcastle. This is the only Newcastle fan I know from Nigeria, mm. and I'm serious. To be a Newcastle fan from Nigeria is a special thing. Because, number one, there are very few Nigerians that live in Newcastle. Nigerians don't go that way. Number two, Nigerians do not... Like, my dad liked Newcastle, but that was because of Shara, for example, but he was never called himself a Newcastle fan. So, Nigerians do not really follow Newcastle. Newcastle have not been winning in years, and, you know, they're not around the popular places. So, i got to <laughs> commend you on that, because I've known you I've known you for so many years, and you've been a very loyal uh, Newcastle fan. So, I want to jump ahead and ask you this question. This tiny, tiny question and you can spend your time chewing on it. Do you think Newcastle will make the jump and make top four? Now, while you're talking about that, I gotta go. There's someone on my door and I gotta take that quickly. I'll be back now. It shouldn't take more than a moment. Sure. Excuse me. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for the condescension. 
Um, <laughs> I think that we always have, we always appreciate anybody who can give us a history of Newcastle from one person's perspective. I'm, I'm going to say there's a, there is a context that you have to understand when you're looking at Newcastle. Um, it didn't start from this season. It started from last season the transformation of Newcastle. And if you look at the second half of last season, Newcastle was a top three team um, from last season. And we basically are just maintaining the same momentum from last season to this season. So nothing should really be a surprise, but everybody always acts like it's a surprise. Newcastle has the best defensive record in the Premiership right now. Newcastle has the... Um, strongest first half. They have the one of the best uh, chance creations in the Premiership. Um, they don't have the depth, but all the players who play at Newcastle uh, generally do a good job of, you know, replacing the people that they're coming in for. Um, like last season, you wouldn't have thought that you know Alan Wilson Maximum would be droppable, but this season we have he hasn't really played that much, and Newcastle are still doing very well. So the coaching in the team is relatively good. They, they play a high-pressure, high-intensity game, um, and it, they press from the front. So it unsettles almost every single team they play against. There's no team that hasn't been unsettled by it. There's a reason why we've only lost one game um, this season um, and why Newcastle continues to maintain the best defensive record even after today's game. So I, I, if you ask me if Newcastle can make the jump to top four, I have no doubt that we can because Newcastle is a class team. All right? So that's that's my take. And if you ask me today, do I think that Newcastle can win the league? I'll say yes. Newcastle oh, wow. can win the league. Um, so, um, so, you, so you feel like you guys are a title contender this year? Well, I would say that anybody in the top three is a title contender. I mean, so that's like saying like anybody in the Porsche dealership can can buy a Porsche. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, like, dude, dude, just because your test drove a a nine eleven don't mean you're gonna buy one. Like, we let the door open and this guy walked in here and he's walking like he owns the place. I started the conversation <laughs> by talking about consistency, right? And if you can talk about consistency. If I can argue that we've been playing the same way for the last 12 months, right? And we've been consistent. What is going to make our consistency drop? And then we go into the January window and we buy buy two, a few more players to cement us, our current status. Why, why is there an argument that we can't win the league? Manchester City couldn't beat us. Nobody, nobody, nobody except from Liverpool has beaten us this season. So what is the point? I mean, we're playing Chelsea next week. Let's see what happens. Why, I mean, can't, why, can't, win that. why I mean, can't Newcastle win? Pep did say they're contenders, so... No, they're contenders. It's just that... Uh, but contenders for the title, though? Yes. No. Well, no, well, you, you, you got to say they're contenders. They're not why? Why do you have to say it? Because we are consistent. Every single game... Consistency is what determines okay. everything. There's, there's, there's one thing I believe in in football, which is uh, it's, a, it's a marathon. This is the... I, I have to agree with that point and say this. In a football... A normal football season, right? I'll be like, man. But there's one thing all of us... 
ignore. In two weeks, there's a World Cup. That World Cup <clears throat> is the weirdest. Number one, it's made the season weird it's... because it feels like the season is about to end, which is a very abnormal experience. But it's also you have players <laughs> that are jumping from one tough competition into another one which is even more intense than the one they're used to because now they have to play games every three days, some at a stage maybe every two days, and give their all and play the same 11 in some cases because some teams do not have that luxury. They will play the same 11 and maybe make some subs. Some players will play a lot of games in the World Cup. So you might get to a January where Master probably has the most players going to the World Cup. You might get to January, they'll come back with six players injured. Yeah. Yeah, Pep might be good, but Pep is not a magician. Yeah, that's fair. He says that he depends on his players to win. So we've seen injury crisis mess up a lot of teams. And there has to be that caveat that, like I said, City almost dropped points this weekend. If they had dropped points, they would have only been three points ahead of... um, What's it called? Newcastle. Newcastle. Oh, and yeah, they, they would have been, they would have been maybe four or five points behind Arsenal. <coughs> and that, the World Cup will determine a lot of what happens this season. I'm not even confident. Before the World Cup, the form would have told me, for example, I'm a match in Edifert, I'll tell you straightforward that we are pipping Tottenham. But then I just saw my team suffer just a mini injury crisis and it looks like we can't even play football anymore. And so, what happens if we get to the World Cup and Casemiro comes back with an injury? That thing is dead. The thing about it is, what I don't understand is a lot of people talk about, you know, injuries in their team. I mean, I think it's a real thing for sure. Yeah. But every team gets injuries. And how they cope is what determines how they're going. Yeah, but, but, the thing about, but the thing about injuries is not just... It's also when and who, right? So I yes, mean, right. It's not just the number of injuries. Like, you look at Chelsea, for example. We lost Chilwell and Kante and Rhys James, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. but those, the way we play, the way we build our team, we, those are really, like, the key... Cornerstones, yeah. The cornerstone for us, right? Like, you can take out maybe four of our forward players and we'll still be okay. So I feel like it also depends on, okay, when do you get the injury and also who is injured? If you go back two seasons ago, when when Liverpool lost their entire back line, I mean, literally, they lost their, they lost, what, three of their starting centre-backs. Mm-hmm. And James Milner had to play centre-back for, for, like, a good season, right? Yeah. You know, but, but one way or the other, Liverpool was able to make it work because Salah, Mane just decided we're going to have the season of our lives, right? So I feel like it's also like, okay, when, who's injured? And then, as you said, uh, Rajis, how do other players react to it, right? That's right. So I feel like certain teams can absorb some injuries better than others. And they're just some injuries that, like, man, it doesn't matter what you do, man. You're going to be, you know, shit out of luck. Or you could, you could lose a key player, and then the next few games you play Aston Villa, Everton, and maybe some, some cup game that you don't really care about, and then those players come back you know, two weeks after. Or maybe, you know, the players, the week you're injured, you have a quarterfinal Champions League, you're playing uh, City and Arsenal, right? But those points really do matter. You know what I'm saying? Not all three points are the same. You know, taking three points away from a rival is different from you 
taking three points from a bottom team, right? That's right. Uh, but I, I think, though, not to sound, you know, not to sound evil, but I feel like the timing of our injuries, for at least for Chelsea, is better because we have time for our players to recover. I mean, look at Rhys James, Chilwell. We're going to have that World Cup break, and hopefully post-World Cup they're back. And knock on wood, we don't have any more injuries. But imagine if all your players are fit now, and World Cup rolls around, they're injured post-World Cup, right? Now there's no time for them to recover. So, Yeah, so, I mean, if... I, I mean, I can understand. I can understand the perspective of you know the injuries, but I, I mean, I think there's no team that isn't playing with injuries right now. And I think one of the things that the coaches has to understand is how to make your team work um, around the system when you have injuries. But you, you know, your your perspective is correct. Um, it depends on who gets injured um, to some extent. But then, if you guys can't. If Chelsea can, if Arsenal can, oh, sorry, I said Arsenal. If Liverpool can beat Nottingham Forest because of injuries, um, then you have to you have to worry yeah. about the system. I agree. That yeah. means it's 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 like all right, you gotta you gotta at least have a system that is stronger than the individual players. And when yeah, your system point. doesn't have um, that level of um, stability, you gotta question how to coach coaches. Um, I, I I don't. I think one of the things that I've, I've appreciated the most about our our manager Eddie Howe is that there's no team, there's no game he goes in saying Newcastle is not going to be able to win this game. Every single game that I've seen him manage, he starts with Newcastle is a really good team, and we're a great team. And I think that we're going to challenge anybody, home or away. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the Arsenal match because um, I, I think of all the games this season, and that's coming January 3rd, that is the one that I'm most interested in. I think uh, last season when Arsenal were trying to compete for the Champions League and they thought they were going to come to St. James Park and win there, um, it was interesting to see them get walloped. I think that this, the same thing is going to happen again. But it's going to be a very interesting game this time. I still think Newcastle has the edge. Um, and I also think that Newcastle are going to strengthen in the January, and we could see a situation where um, the midfield would get stronger, the attack could get stronger, and the options they have on the wings could get stronger. So look at Newcastle guy talking about money. Hey, man, it, things it, have changed. Money is good. Money, money is good. Let, let me let me explain. Let me explain. They say more money, more problems. Give me yeah. problems. Let me explain. Ah! I'm going to explain something. It's very fascinating <laughs> to hear people because if you had called me in 2001, 2002, when Newcastle didn't qualify for the Champions League, everybody was complaining and we're firing our coach. Newcastle was not always a bad team. Newcastle became a really bad team when um, the Mike Ashley took over and he didn't invest in the club. Um, right now, all we're seeing is a revert back to form. All right, we're just reverting back to form. Newcastle used to challenge for the Premiership, 95, 96. Newcastle used to challenge, <laughs> challenge for Champions League 2000s. So when when I hear Rocky, stories about I like that, I like that. <laughs> when when I hear stories about how I'm the only Nigerian that you know who supports Newcastle, I support Newcastle because Newcastle 
was a good team, is a good team, and will eventually win the Premier League. Didn't you live in Newcastle? No, I never lived in Newcastle. Oh you know, you know, you know what I like about this guy's like? It's like, this is us. So when, let me just tell you guys, man, when you guys see me with my Porsche, mm-hmm. chopping life, living my best life, and so I was like, ah, this guy, you're acting different. I was like, this is me. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just being true to form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being true to form. <laughs> I mean, bro, like, Two seasons ago, y'all were struggling in relegation. Absolutely true. Like a man that was struggling with relegation. Absolutely true. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I have a feeling like the reason why we were struggling with relegation was not because we didn't have, we couldn't do better. The reason why we struggled with relegation was because we got a coach that was incompetent. Who couldn't make? Who was your best coach then? Um, what's his name? Was it Steve Bruce? Steve Bruce, yeah, Steve Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget, before yeah. uh, before that, our coach was Rafa Benitez, and yeah, we finished eleventh, yeah. two true. seasons in a row, and when and then we got Steve Bruce, and Steve Bruce rolled us down. I would feel like if Eddie Howe was our manager at that particular point, um, after you know Rafa Benitez got dropped dropped us, we would have continued to improve. Um, so I don't think it's I think it's um, a quality thing from the top, and I think that there's a lot of things that are happening um, at the you know executive level on at Newcastle that are making their foundations very strong. Okay. So what's Newcastle's strategy? Like, what strategy are you guys going to follow with this? When, we're not we're not buy, we're not buying Neymar. <coughs> that's that's the strategy. They're using yes. they're, they're using statistics to buy players. They're, they know who is good based on how they play. And they look at how they fit the system. For example, Bruno Guimaraes was a player that you know Arsenal has been looking at for a long time, but they never pulled the trigger because they were unsure of how of whether he could cope with the Premiership or not. And Newcastle looked at that and said, "We want this player because we think that he's going to match our system." And they got him. And when they got Bruno Guimaraes, they didn't buy him to be a goal-scoring midfielder. They bought him to be a defensive number six who can distribute the, the ball going forward. But in Delhi, he came and you saw that he could change his style. He's a lot more skillful than was portrayed in Ligue 1. What did the coach do? They unleashed him. They put um, Shelby behind him to control the midfield and allowed him to go forward and score goals. And now Bruno, Bruno Guimaraes is scoring almost every other game, scoring from the midfield, scoring from all sorts of positions because... The manager is not um, chaining him down, basically. So, you know, there's a lot of confidence within the team. Even look at, you know, Almiron. Um, you would never have known that Almiron could play the way he can play. He starts on the line stats were, was always that he works hard for the team. The problem was his finishing. And all the manager has done now was direct his, um, his energy towards finishing rather than just playing like a headless chicken. And now he's, he's quality. I mean, it's not quality like <clears throat> overnight. It's like the foundations were built upon and you could see it from last season. That's how Newcastle is, is, doing, is, going, to, is going to continue to improve. The man has spoken. Yeah, yeah. spoken and uh, that's very emphatic. I like your confidence. I, you know, I have to admit I admire that. Yeah. 
So one, but you one thing I know about yeah. football is when your team is informed, there's just a different swag. Look at look at you and I. We just look down beating. Just mm, look at two of them. We look at Rayan and Rajid just licking their leaves, <laughs> speaking big English. When your team is winning, there's just an aura. There's an aura. It comes, yeah. you know, it comes to the it territory. Rajid walked in here like he owned the place. Just walked like... in here like, dude, three seasons ago, when you talk to Rajid about Newcastle, the guy's always looking down, ah, looking sideways. Can't look in the eyes. Now the guy's looking in the eyes. I can remember when Rajid cussed me out. I don't know what I said about Newcastle. The guy cussed me out. He was so mad. He used to be the most bitter football fan you could talk to. He did with his boys. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do this. Nah, nah, yeah, look at him, look at him, all smiles. Yeah, oh, I, I'm all smiles, man. Man, all, all that, all that suffering makes winning sweet. Yeah, that, you know I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, have a, I have a friend that's praying that Asta doesn't win anything, not because Dude. he hates Asta, but because he's just like, Dude. God, I have missed. I'm gonna just tell you guys right much. now, and I don't know who else is listening. If Arsenal wins their league, I'm gonna Ooh. shut down their forum. Oh god. <laughs> god. There's an Arsenal fan. I remember the Arsenal fan that cost you out. I bet you that guy's gonna come back to the group just to as soon as it's like mathematically viable that they're gonna win the league you just see server not found <laughs> the does not exist i'm telling you even Mark Zuckerberg will not bring that group back <laughs> okay yeah all right quickly before we go on i'm gonna do something quickly i'm gonna go to raji on this one back to raji then take a little bit from dada i just want you guys to talk about napoli a bit uh i don't want much of syria I used to be originally a Serie A fan, but that was in you know in the nineties. I switched to English football, and I only see Serie A teams in the Premier League. Sometimes I get to see games, but you know, I mean, the US now is very hard to watch football, so you can't watch multiple leagues here. I mean, some people do; but they have time. So, um, Don Rajon, do you think Napoli is you know just flattering also? I'm going to say I'm going to say that it's basically the same arguments that you're going to have when you're talking about Newcastle and you're talking about Napoli. Consistency is very important. Um, One thing that you've got to give them props for is the way they wiped out the squad. They took out some of the older players. They took out players that were very critical to them last season including uh, Insigne, including the um, defender who just signed for Chelsea. Um, what's his name? Um, your Chelsea defender, that what's his name? The Senegal. Koulibaly. 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 Um, and they brought in t- players like Kim Min-Jae um, and uh, the, you know, the, the guy from the, the league, who's next to K. Um, <laughs> Cavacelli or something like that. Um, and, um, oh, sorry, Cavacelli. Anyway, his name starts with K. Yeah. And uh, we'll, call him, we'll call him Mr. K. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, these guys, they're basically not necessarily transformed. They've increased the level of energy that they play with. 
Um, and they've created a, a level of flexibility when it comes to transitions that allows the team to be able to um, deal with scenarios that are ever-changing within games. You know, they generally play 4-3-3, but if, if you see that they're under attack, they switch to a 4-2-3-1, and then they play in the transition, getting the ball to a very fast Ossiman striker. You know, that's basically how they play now. So they know how to defend. Kim Minjay is doing a great job defending. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch um, the resilience the team has. And when you talk about are they flattering to deceive, I don't think that it's necessary that they're going to win the league, but you, they're going to be part of the conversation. Because when the foundation is there, um, the core, even if you swap one player out for another, the core is going to eventually stay the same. Um, I think that they have enough flexibility in that team that they can challenge. And I also think that they're a, they're a, um, a team that you really have to look out for in the Champions League. Um, very, very, it's going to be very tricky to play them because of how flexible they are. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how far they go. I think they're, very, they're, they're a good team. That's yeah, my. That's my I watched. Opinion. I watched them against us, uh, Liverpool. I, I watched the two games. Um, they were very, very good. I've watched a few highlights of them, and I have to agree. Uh, consistency is very important. And you are a very, very weird human being, the Rajon. Apart from being a Newcastle fan, like I said, the only Nigerian I know that supports Newcastle. This guy's name. You could have gone for the first name, Kvicha. You don't try to go for the Kravats. Like, come on. That yeah. You could have just said Kvicha. You decided to go for the one that the tongue twister that only his pe- people from his country or his ethnicity can pronounce. But you know, you know the funny thing is it, it, fascinating. I'm used to calling people by their last name now. Everybody calls me Raji, so I'm used to calling people by their last name. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah, that's a very, 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 very good comment. I actually like it. Does anyone have anything to add to that? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't watch Syria as much lately, but just, just the little bit of kind of a little to, to add to what he had said there. I think their consistency, they're in a good, good moment. And then if you look at the other teams in the Syria, I think AC Milan are probably will be their biggest competition. But they're good too. But I feel like I think AC Milan didn't they win last season or two yeah, seasons they, ago? They won last season. Yeah, yeah. So I think Napoli, the balls in their court, no pun intended. I think they're six point clear. It's they're not going to run away with it, obviously. But I think the fact that they they're just consistently playing so well, they're getting the results. They, I I don't see I don't see them as a flash in the pan. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they actually won it at the end of the day. Maybe it, it might go down to the wire. But so far, I'm not seeing anything from any of the Italian other teams there to really make me. You know, if it would be different, if you know, someone like Conte wasn't. AC Milan, I can be like, okay, you can pull something off last minute or whatever it is, right? But so far, I don't see any consistent enough team there to be able to 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 say confidently that oh, they're not gonna make it. So I don't know. I think sixty yeah. percent odds. That's, that's another team that um, is gonna be hoping for a better walk up. It seems to uh, you know for a walk up not to affect their players. It seems to be the year of the underdogs: uh, Napoli, Arsenal. I think I said it's Union or what's the name of that team? Are they still Union in Berlin? 
You don't Benny that this is on top of uh the Bundesliga? Yeah, but it's Bundesliga. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, that one, but actually they no, 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 they're not. Bayern yeah, yeah you could be now. 30 points ahead. Bayern, Bayern on top now. Game. That's over. The league is yeah. over. The yeah. Bayern have <laughs> made it to the top. Me. It's over That's already. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bayern is going to win 25-7. It's not a league, man. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not a league. Yeah. It's the yeah. same thing that with the French league. You know, I, yeah. I don't buy the... I don't... I don't say the farmers league thing to insult them. I, I, I say it because that's what it is. You know, it's basically technocrats versus you know a bunch of you know unprofessionals or amateurs. That's what it looks like. So I mean, you could argue that City's turning the Prem into farmers league either from no, a, from no. an outsider perspective. No, 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 I, w- I would I would actually disagree with that statement. Yeah, over the last five years, I'm I mean, not saying from an internal. We know I'm, our teams. One right. of the things that you have to appreciate about the Premiership is that as Manchester City doesn't waltz in and just win every game. Win it, yeah. They have so to. I think that whether I think if they maintain the same level of energy that they had from like four seasons ago, they wouldn't be where they are. Manchester City has to continue to improve. Otherwise, they're going to be left in the dust. That's one of the things that characteristics of the Premiership that uh, you can't find in any other league. If Manchester City wins the league this season, they're going to go out and they'll buy players to make sure they can win next season. That's right. And I think that you can't call them a farmer's league if every single season they have to keep on improving. Um and it's actually in the past four or five victories they've had, it's only once that they won the league by so many points. There might be a gap between them and the third or fourth team, but it's always been like Liverpool chasing them. Yeah. And then I mean, now it looks like Arsenal is gonna chase them. Look at what happened to Liverpool this season. Yeah. <laughs> they lost they lost one player, right? Just one player, and they replaced him with another player that was not as dynamic as him. I'm not saying he's not as good, but they have a different qualities, right? Um, they lost money and they got um, uh, was it Nunes, um, and all of a sudden the team doesn't seem as balanced as it was before, right? So it's just one player. You have to ask yourself why did that happen? It's only in the Premiership that one change like that could lead to a significant unbalancing of the team, and all of a sudden um, you you have you start losing to teams like Nottingham Forest. Uh, I don't think it generally happens in any other league. Um, but I, I'll also say that what, on my last point on uh, Napoli is that the one of the new revelations is this uh, Zambo and Guisa. If you note, I, I said his last name too. Mm-hmm. Is that um, <laughs> one of the things that I've, you got to appreciate uh, about him this season Um he scored, he's played, what, 11 games now? He scored two goals. He played 25 games last season. Scored zero goals. The way they use him this season compared to last season um, is very interesting. He's now a box-to-box midfielder. Um, and he gets the ball forward and he creates chances. Two goals and two assists this season compared to last season, which he, he had zero goals um, and two assists last season. So there's, 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 there is a little bit of dynamism with the new players um, players are a little bit freer, um, and the energy level is higher too. So you 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 gotta give them that prop. Uh, the foundation is good. Um, so the question is, are they going to survive? Uh, like your like Zaza has been saying, those walk up period is gonna be, make the whole thing interesting. No, um, that walk up is a crime against football. Yeah. So no, I, I don't I don't want to get into the politics of it. It's not important. Just from the football perspective, 
it shows us how much FIFA and football administrations do not care about players' welfare and care about fans. You know, I've met so many people recently because I go out a, a, a few times and talk to people. In the past two, three months, I've met people be like, they just hear me speak and I go, you're Nigerian. I go, yeah, talk about football. And they start talking about the walk and everybody's negative. Many people are wondering if they can watch it because normally it's usually in the summer in this part of the world. And so in this part of the world, I think, of course, it might be from an American perspective. But I even met a German guy and someone else. I can't remember where that guy came from. And the whole idea was, it's so strange to have a walk at this time of the year. And so FIFA just sold themselves out to do this. And this World Cup now, you're going to come back with players coming out of the um, World Cup. And that actually leads us to other tidbits. This, this, this actually just you know segues into what we're going to talk about. Uh, there'll be a lot of injuries after this World Cup. And the World Cup is starting December, uh, November 20th and probably ending like December 18th or something like that. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The next thing is leagues are starting like in December. So when are these players going to rest? It's just a weird, weird, um, it's just a weird thing. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I was going to ask, because that I asked a question earlier before we go into the pod about how a player, why are all these players getting injured? I think players are tired. A lot of players are burnt out. A lot of players are burnt out. And then you know, getting themselves prepared, mentally prepared for this walk-up might be killing them. Uh, uh, Ray, what do you think? Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, the, the walk-up thing with the, with the players, I think you're absolutely right. There's a couple of things, you know, at least for teams, the top teams that are competing. So obviously the Premier League is a lot more intense this season. Even pre-World Cup, you have a lot of teams like, you know, the Newcastles are playing much better. The Arsenals, uh, Tottenham, you know, so the, every game is even more intense, and I would say I would argue than, than previously because the quality of players that keeps coming to different teams is, is better. So one, there's that level of intensity that's increased in the Prem overall. And then two, you add this World Cup thing, which now, you know, a lot of those European games are used to be every two weeks. Uh, you know, the uh, Europa and Champions League, now you have those week to week to week to week, uh, which could work in favor of some teams like the Newcastles, in addition to all the good things they're doing. We, mm-hmm. we have to kind of look at all the the, the, the information. Exactly. Um, and then also then I think in, was it in England when the Queen passed away, there was another two weeks that was lost there, a week, I can't remember. So then you you condense that, that uh, schedule that was already crazy, even more so all the way building up to the World Cup and the level of intensity, like Chelsea, new manager, player, you're going... I know that you shouldn't go hard, but you got to prove yourself. So, I mean, there's, I mean, and, and, and across the leagues as well, you know, you have just the same thing. So, that's a big part of why, you know, the World Cup, Sam, because as a player, what are you going to do? Try to save yourself so that you don't get injured. Guess what? You're going to get benched. Some guy's going to come in there, to, like on your club team. And then, ironically, that would reduce your chances of making the, <laughs> the national team. So, is this sort of loop, right? So, it's going to be crazy. Um, I mean, fortunately for, you know, whoever's left, I think there's only one week left of Prem, at least there's the FA Cup uh, game there. But, and then after the World Cup, too, there's no recovery because I, I, <laughs> yeah. I thought the first game after was in January for some reason. It was last week. I'm like, oh, there's games in the end of December. Yeah. <laughs> the Christmas games. The yeah, Christmas yeah. Games so, in England. Then there are New Year games in Spain. I don't know about the rest yeah, of Yeah, yeah. So it'd be an interesting, like, 
transfer window. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of loans or something. It's going to, it, yeah, that I, it will be interesting to see. So that I think those are things that contribute into it. Now you have players that would, you know, normally what happens when you would go to a walk up and do well and then come back and get a big transfer. <laughs> yeah. You have like a month to after holiday. Yeah. You get big, now it's like next week, get back to work. Get back to work. <laughs> You're a great dude. I went and played my ass off. So I want to try to leave this team. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> So, um, Roger, do you have anything you want to add? I mean, I think that the general uh, energy level for this World Cup is very weird. Um, I think that everybody is going to have to do a very sharp turn in mentality um, to make everything work. And, you know, um, we're going to go eventually to donkeys of the day. And I was looking at how all these injuries this season um, it's making this idea, the World Cup, um, very, very weird to watch because it's also taken away from how we enjoy the game that we're <laughs> currently watching. Because any player goes down right now, you're going, oh my God, are they injured for the World Cup? What does that mean for England's chances? What happened to Kane during the Tottenham uh, game today when he collided with the player and he stumbled and he held his hand? Everybody was like, does that mean Kane is out? For the World Cup, my hands, my 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 hat was in my mouth. You know, all those kinds of conversations. Are you, a, are you an English fan? Me? No. Why are you an English fan? No, of course so not. So you said no. everybody. I was talking about <laughs> the commentators. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the commentators. Yeah. Talking. I'm not an England fan. Why would I be an England fan? Yeah, I was wondering because um, okay. <laughs> when, when Nigeria is not in the World Cup, I will support it. Yeah, that's, I think that's also the only reason why some of us are sour. Maybe too. Me, me, I'll happily so, uh, support Senegal for this World Cup. I will support Senegal heartily. I think and they have was, a good chance. And I'll support the USA too, you know. I think they have a good chance. I think so, Senegal, Senegal has a good chance. Yeah. I think that, you know, the Senegal team is probably one of the best teams that we've had in a long time. But the problem is the energy is, is, is very mid for this World Cup. There's no, there's no build-up. There's no period of like, oh, relax, yeah. get to the World Cup. Get the game in and all of that stuff. It's yeah. just if you remember after the shot. season, they will have pre walk off friendly. Yeah, exactly. They will announce the squads. You know, there'll be all of that. Uh, man, nothing like that. There'll be discussions, walk off previews. Nah, you, you don't even. I basically do not even really know. Do you know what I mean? Like in the other time, by the time the Kickoffs are starting. You're knowing which games are being played where. You know which who is this. It's, I'm still focused on normal football. I haven't taken up my eye off it to focus on the World Cup because it's like the World Cup is not normal now. Yeah. So it's, it's. I don't. I don't generally think that it's. 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 There's a big issue. I don't have as much of an issue with the timing. Um, I just feel like the energy level around it is so... I think that there's just an intense idea all over the world that this is the wrong time to have the World Cup. And it's yeah. bleeding into the game. Um, I think if it was a situation where the, everybody accepted that the World Cup was going to happen in December and everybody was happy with the idea... Um, then I don't think it matters when the World Cup happens. But everybody, and, you know, I was going to give FIFA my donkey of the 
of the uh, the level of corruption that got this to happen and everybody knowing that FIFA was corrupt to get this to happen gives this idea that, okay, is FIFA relevant? The energy is made um, and nobody's particularly looking for it. I don't even see enough ads for the so, World Cup right now. Yeah, to round it up, right, I'll say one thing, right? For FIFA's sake, not, not that I care because I don't like the organization anyway. They better hope that nothing disastrous happens in this World Cup. And what I mean nothing disastrous, no scandals, no player dies due to heat or player gets injured because those are things that happen. Or fans uh, get into trouble with uh, Qatari police or anything. No scandals at all. It better be a scandal-free World Cup because if not, FIFA is going to FIFA is going to face a lot of consequences and, you know, like um, their reputation will be destroyed. Eh, I think yeah. that, I think that, let's, let's, I think the temperature for the World Cup games is going to be comfortable. We've had, we've had World Cups in Brazil in the summer. Brazil we've, and Dubai. We've had, in, we've had World Cups in South Africa. We've had competitions in Nigeria in the summer. I, I, the temperature is, in during that period is probably going to be around 86 degrees which is going to be comparable to almost everywhere uh we've had world cups in the summer so it's not the temperature that's going to be the problem um i think the temperature is going to be fine i think the question is um are we going to be robbing ourselves of the best games because we are going to lose players before the world cup starts um, and if everybody is taking the Premiership serious and everybody is taking the World Cup serious, then something has got to give. A player can't go into a lunch during a Premiership game or during a German League game because they feel like if we go into this lunch and I take this person out, they're going to lose the ability to go into the game. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing that makes the whole scenario bad. Um, but, you know, I'm going to keep an open mind about the World Cup I will enjoy it if it's fun. And if it's, I mean, I didn't think the Russian World Cup was going to be good. And that ended up being an extremely fun World Cup to watch. So every every World Cup has its own energy. Let's see how the, the first game that's, starts. That's, that's actually right. And uh, to conclude on that, actually, I agree with you in that uh, once the football starts rolling, everything else becomes sideshow. Yeah. All right, guys. We're now about. And before we end, we do our last bit, the final segment. So I already know you're donkey, but I'm going to probably ask you again. Um, do you have any kudos, Raji? Yes, my kudos is going to go to Miguel and Miron on Newcastle. That. Um, how did you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give Newcastle the props they deserve as long as you know. We are in this position. When we when we're no longer in this, this position, I can stop appearing on this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> go back into I'll go back into my shell. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Miguel Almiron, another goal, uh, another really good goal to, uh, today. Um, he's been scoring spectacular goals. Almost every goal he scored this season has been a goal of the season goal. So you got to give him his props, especially after all the disdain he got at the 
uh, end of last season from players who shall not be named. Um, but I think that Miguel Amiron is getting his, his just dessert and he deserves his flowers right now. Hopefully he gets player of the month in FIFA this year so I can at least buy me my ultimate team. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's where I'm at. That's my kudos. That's good. And your donkey? FIFA. FIFA. FIFA World, not necessarily FIFA, but this FIFA World Cup and how it's tampering all the energy in all the games that we have to watch. Everybody's watching their back. Callum Wilson had to come out of this game because he wasn't feeling too good. And immediately he came out at the end of the half. Everybody was asking, oh my God, does that mean it ends his chances of going to the World Cup? Does this mean blah, blah, blah? It's just the energy around it. It's, it's very, very frustrating to listen to. But that's that's what I have. All right. Um, Ray? Uh, yeah, my uh, my kudos of the week. Uh, I'm going to give it to Mr. Good evening, Unai Emery. Uh, he came back into the Prem, you know, after, you know, I think he has some unfinished business in the Premier League. So, got his first W out of the way. So, you know, good for him. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what he does with, with Aston Villa. I think that's a perfect uh, a marriage team there. It's going to be that small team that makes it difficult for big teams. So, yeah, kudos to him to get that W there. Um, donkey of the week. Uh, this one, I mean, you've done FIFA. So, this one here is... Uh, I'm going to give it to our, our former guy, Mr. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Uh, you know, the <laughs> the adverts, <laughs> you, know, you know, the ad of coming back to, to whatever. It was. Nothing personal. It was like, my guy, I don't know if he was the one that set that up or he was told to do that, but he's one of those. I mean, it's good for banter, but, you know, this week just didn't work out for him. I think he had like six touches, removed halftime, yellow card. It was just not, not a good, not a good, uh, return against Arsenal. So for this week, I would say you get my, my donkey of the week. Nothing against Aubameyang. It's just, it's nothing personal. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with my donkey first, and then I'll go to my, my donkey of this week is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. For some reason, um, I think he's had a bad week. You know, when you, my people say, I need a I need a when you talk, when you put your mouth, put your money where your mouth is, this guy was benched. He he wasn't happy with it. They told him, "Come on!" He threw a stinker. He got suspended. The team played very well. He now was brought back to the team because of course people were injured, and he looks terrible this week against um, Sociedad at the week. He missed. A guilt open chance. A good, he should have scored against Villa today. He was poor. He was he, he really is a passenger. So at a point, you actually need to stop fooling yourself and thinking that oh, because I've had this great career that I can just be running around and strutting around like a cock on the walk. No, you're not. You are really looking like a donkey every week. The longer this goes on, the worse it is for Manchester United. I think they should take care of that. My kudos of the week goes to Benfica. What a performance in the week. I'm taking something out of the Premier League. That performance of winning 6-1, if I am correct, I believe it was 6-1. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was 6-1. They scored the last goal to win the table and therefore give us the prospects of PSG playing Man City. Ooh, <laughs> and getting knocked out again. 
So now we now have a prospect that PSG might be knocked out of the world of the Champions League very fast. I'm messing my faces. Demons of getting knocked out faster than walk up again. And then PSG, of course, have a narrative with that. Oh, they could end up knocking one of the big guns out very early as well. But that made it very interesting because um, Benfica made things easier for themselves and really made things very, very hard for um, PSG. So with that, I think we've covered everything we can cover. or not, not everything we can cover, everything we wanted to cover. There's so much more we could cover, but... You know, it's been an hour, 15 plus minutes. And um, I know my gentlemen here have other things they want to do. They only were able to spare me some time. And therefore, I am very, very grateful. It's good to meet you, Ray. I've been seeing you on the pods, but the first time I'm meeting you live on the on an episode. Roger, it's good to see you again. And um, I'll tell you this, right? If Newcastle make top four, I will log back. I've you know, I've been off Facebook. I'll look back on Facebook to come and give you a lot of kudos on that group. <laughs> and if Arsenal win the league, ooh, it's gonna Arsenal back doesn't win the league. I would just come, log back on Facebook <laughs> just to <laughs> praise you. Then log back off immediately. Don't, 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 don't forget, they won't forget there won't be any group when you log. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there, so I don't know what we're gonna do about that. No, we'll still, they probably have to still that that's one because man, and nah, nah, Arsenal fans will find that I'll kill it. <laughs> like, come on, man, come on, man. They've suffered enough. They've... Do you know how long that group has been there for what eight years now? Actually, sorry, nine years now. And Arsenal fans have been the joke of that group. Finally, <laughs> get it, and that kills that. Nah, 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 nah. It won't be fair. But as I always say, one thing about football is we we follow it because we don't know anything can happen. Asna, the eternal hope of the hopeful, Asna can win tomorrow. But it's also what kills you is hope. You know, mm. Asna could lose it all tomorrow as well. Same thing with Newcastle. Yeah. Man, with Newcastle becoming six at the end of the season, we don't know. That's why we say tune in every week. We'll be here to follow it as it happens. It is footy fantasy at footy fantasy at YouTube and Facebook. Twitter, it is Footy 80 Fantasy. We are here every Sunday around the same time, 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. Eastern, always with quality football stuff. Uh, reviews, uh, sorry, what do you call it? Um, God, this word just skipped my head. Highlights of this show will be put up on Twitter and Facebook. You will see them and during the week, we'll have content as well. People will do match reviews and, and all of that. But until we see you next week, have a great week, guys. And have a great week, everyone, wherever you are. Remain blessed. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.